you're listening to the Business of Branding podcast. If you are a creative female entrepreneur ready to connect with more of those heck yes clients, build an irresistible brand, and allow growing your business to feel easier than ever before, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Nikki Arnsman, a brand designer and strategist, a mama, and a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. On this podcast, I share all the strategies, tips, and lessons learned that have helped me build and scale an aligned business. My hope is that the content here will inspire you to go out and do the same for yourself. Welcome to this week's episode of the Business of Branding podcast. I am so excited. I've got Kristen Glosserman here. She's a life coach. She's guided countless successful individuals to maximize their strengths and capabilities for more than a decade. Um, she's got a high profile roster of clients, including executives from Wall Street, Ralph Lauren, American Express, Douglas Elements, Saks Fifth Ave, and the best in class business leaders seek her support and advice out for practical and straightforward strategies um, that work and can be applied into all facets of their life. So Kristen, I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, Nikki, that was such an awesome introduction. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. Can you give us a little bit more of a, your background story, kind of how you got started um, and, and a little bit of your timeline of what got you to where you are today? Sure. So um, I guess going back to graduating college, I graduated from Penn State uh, University and I decided at that point not to go on to get my master's. I really struggled um, in school, I'm mild to moderately dyslexic, and um, it was a lot, a lot of work for me. So um, I decided to take some time and go right into business. That's sort of where I saw my my next step. Mm-hmm. Um, got a great job uh, right out of school when we used to look at the classified ads out of the New York Times. I'm dating myself here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's good. So, um, I'm dating myself, uh, late 40s. So um, got a great job as a sales trainer for this company called DEI. And sort of right off the bat, I was doing something I was really interested in. So I felt really lucky. Um, from there, I had an opportunity to go corporate. And it was a lot more money. And I took it. And um you know, I, I think at every point of our lives, you know, we're presented with options. And mm-hmm. I say in my book that uh, life, I have these life lessons that we'll review throughout the conversation, but life lesson three is change is hard and change is good. And I felt like um, I was given this opportunity to change and to make a lot more money with Xerox. And I took it. Um, And I learned so much about sales and um, management and working with teams. So I found the value in that experience, but it put me on a road to a career trajectory that wasn't really lighting my fire. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that, you know, really inspired me to ultimately make a change because I realized what I was doing wasn't really tapping into my best version and the, and the best of me. So, um, so it was that experience about not doing, not being right, that encouraged me to go left. And mm-hmm. that's the title of my new book. If it's not right, go left. 
I love it. I feel like I have so many times in my life that I can think of about where I was like presented with opportunity to do this or that, right? This or that and have these options on the table. I'm personally someone I love change, um, but my husband does not (laughs) love change. So, and I think that's so relatable for people like change is hard and change is good there are almost polarizing like feelings every time a new opportunity is there. Um, Do you feel like you had the awareness at the time to know that like, I don't know what the right next thing is to do, but all I know is that what I'm doing right now is not the thing. Cause I think for a lot of people, that's where they get stuck is like, they want to, they want to see the path. They want to like see the next step, but as I get older, I realize that just knowing the feeling of this isn't right is like enough. Nikki, you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. It's enough just to know it's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I talk about these lessons in the book and I really go into detail because you said it, we, we get different feelings at different points in our lives. So when we're talking about life lesson three, change is hard and change is good. Nothing was, you know, not right. I liked my first job and I had this really neat opportunity for something else. That's a different feeling than when you have that gnawing feeling of not what I want to do, which Mm -hmm. is where I was at my second career. So from there, I went to a um, internet startup uh, called eLink. And again, I didn't know the path in front of me, but not knowing, but knowing what I was doing was not it was enough for mm-hmm. me to move on. So I really encourage my clients when they're in that place where there's certainty that they're not at the right place, move on. Just, you know, have that courage to change. Um, and And this is like, this is applicable to what we're talking about right now feels so applicable to career paths, relationships, like all friendships, like all of the things, um, this feels like it applies to all of that. It is. Everything is transferable. So a lot of times I get the coach, uh, get the question, are you an executive coach? Are you a life coach? Are you a, um, like what kind of coach? And I say, these are coaching principles that when you begin to use, you'll use them at home, at work, within your relationships. My husband and I, we've been married 15 years and we're using them all the time Mm -hmm. because I had a first marriage that was not right. Mm -hmm. And I went left and I decided to get divorced and start anew. So these lessons were really on repeat for me and I was using them personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay. So give us, tell us quickly about your book. We'll talk more about it, but I just want to give a little highlight on that. So people know the premise of what it is that we're discussing here. Sure. I just got an advanced copy. Can I show it? Yes. So exciting. So, um, yes, a, a lifelong goal achieved. That feels good. Check mark. (laughs) So, um, I've been coaching for over 15 years Mm -hmm. and I felt that I was at a point in my career where I really wanted to share. 
Um, I wanted to document all that I had been doing and all of the lessons and the tools and the processes and, and put them in one place. Um, not only for my clients, but for myself, like to have that document of, of my work. Mm -hmm. So um, if it's not right, go left is part self-help, part memoir, part um, personal growth and professional development. And I tell these life lessons and usually with each lesson, there is a story um, a personal story of, of how I use the lesson in my own life. And then at the end of the chapter, there's something called think work, which is my um, definition of homework for adults to really like think about what you're doing and how you're doing it. And could you be doing it differently? So it's that part where I want to stretch you a little bit. That's your think work. Cool. Awesome. And who, like, what type of person will benefit from reading this book? Like who, in your mind, when you wrote this book, who was your ideal person you had in mind? Well, I connected with the publisher um, through a female networking group that I'm part of called Hey Mama. Mm -hmm. And um, her name's Angel. She runs the Collective Book Studio um, on the West Coast. And I think being a part of any any sort of network, you know, my husband's part of YPO and I'm in the spousal network, you know, having that connection among colleagues really helps us learn and grow. So that's the first thing that um, I'd like to share with your listeners is really, you know, engage in that networking. And then I think that the book um, initially was, I, I was thinking of, you know, sort of that anywhere from out of school, 20s, 30s, early 40s, you know, anyone that I've sort of, you know, any experience at this point that I had been through. What happened, interesting enough, when I was writing the book, one of the um, editors that I was working with on the final, um, on the final um, chapters, was um, quite a bit older than me. And um, her kids were all, all out of school and she was an empty nester. And she just kept telling me how much she loved the book and how much energy it was giving her and really motivating her to think about doing things differently. And that was the first time that I'm like, wow, it, it doesn't stop it. You know, I'm, I'm 47, 47, you know, she's 10 years older than me and she's loving it. So I really think the book is for anyone who wants to create positive direction in their lives. And that's, you know, sort of, you know, my term. I said, all of these lessons are about moving in a positive direction. We don't get there one day, one year at a time. It's a process of movement towards the things we want, towards fulfillment. So anyone looking to add positive direction and I think that's quite a, you know, quite a few of us. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would agree. And I think the ones who feel like it's not them, it's probably them too. So that's <laughs> great. So I, so in this book and like what, what feels good for me is I think about, you know, it's never a snap your fingers and everything has changed, but every day, um, little decisions being made that mm -hmm. can help move you forward. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing when I was reading about you and I was reading about this book that really kind of struck a chord with me was the idea of um, working toward your best self and getting unstuck. Mm -hmm. And I know for like my listeners here and for me, and as, as a, you know, 
young female entrepreneur so like yes there's things that could be discouraging and the online world is so loud and then like our actual world is is so loud even outside of you know the social media space etc I think especially right now um that it can feel like debilitating um to even stay focused on what your goals are and I know even with my clients like I'm I'm continuing to hear the word like I'm feeling blocked I'm feeling stuck and I know that all of the answers are within them I know Mm -hmm. that it's within each each and every human being um but what are your tips and maybe some of this comes from the book on um how can, how can women specifically support themselves in getting unstuck and um, silencing what's going on the, around them and staying focused on their goals? Great, um, great question. And um, this, is, this book is all about getting unstuck. Um, and, I, and I hope, and I hope what I, what I hear, the feedback I hear is that it's given in such a practical and digestible way that you can start literally the moment you pick up the book. Mm -hmm. So um, what you're speaking to um, is, is I would think most um, is best discussed in chapter two, which is a lesson begin, focus, commit. And it's a three-step process that I use whenever I'm feeling that word stuck, right? Mm -hmm. So um, may I go through the three steps? Please do. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so what I encourage my clients to do or anyone listening, if you're feeling that way, is either the night before or the morning of, say to yourself, begin. How am I going to begin tomorrow or begin today, whenever you, you choose mm-hmm. to start the practice? And really, you can you could start this at any moment. You can do it right now. Begin setting yourself up for the first step. So that's setting your intention. So normally I do it the night before and I say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to begin with a workout. I usually use begin for movement. I find that I am my best and I use the term my best version when I move in the morning. So the night before I'll say 20 minutes, you know, Peloton workout or 20 minutes walk or 20 minutes, 10 yoga sun salutations, whatever movement of choice it is. But I wake up with an intention. Why do I do this? Because if I don't set that intention, I could find myself going for the third cup of coffee, scrolling through the Instagrams, calling my mom, and all of a sudden I turn around and it's 10.30, right? Where did that morning go? So I find when that we wake up and we set an intention, it sets us on a positive and productive path. Okay. Okay. So two, now you've got your begin. The second thing you want to do is decide your focus for the day. Now the focus is not the only thing you're going to do. It's the place you come back to. It's a theme of the day. So for today, it was you know, doing this podcast, reviewing my notes, really making sure that I was prepared. That was my theme for the day. Sometimes I have a theme that I'm working, you know, more on sales and marketing for our business. My husband and I also um, have a hospitality company, which we can talk about as well. 
But so sometimes it's sales and marketing. Sometimes I'm focusing on my kids. I'm a mom of four. There's a lot to be done with them. So I'll say, you know, focus kids activities. And that's the day I want to get soccer and religion and, you know, look at what time her theater class is. Again, it's not the only thing I do in the day. I still have to do all the other things, but it keeps me on track so that if I begin to do something else like clearing out the closet or, you know, returning some, you know, emails from something, you know, in a third category, I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not where I'm supposed to be today. I'm supposed to be reviewing my notes and preparing, right? So our focus brings us back to a general theme of the day. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love it. I think that it's so relatable too of like, I sometimes I'll get caught, you know, scrolling social media or you get caught, yeah, like ordering groceries and doing 1 million other things that were like, are just to fill up time. Yes. And you almost forget, like, what was I actually doing today? Right. That was not part of the program. Right. I found myself doing that this morning. I, 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 I'm, I'm working through a communications conflict and I was, I'm like, wait a minute. Now is not the time to work through this communications conflict. Now is the time to review my notes and set up my desk and make sure my volumes are off. Let me stay where my focus is. Mm-hmm. When we do that, we find that we are better at the things we wanted to get accomplished. Yeah. And then we feel good. Like, ah. right. I, yeah. I know, like, I love, I love to have a list to get it done and to feel good about it and feel mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I stayed on track. I got done what I wanted to get done today, whatever my like top three things were or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and I, I like to feel good about that. I don't yeah. like to then lay down and be like, oh, I didn't get anything done today that I like yeah. meant to get done. Oh, you just brought me into it. I'm going to speak on both those things you just said. That was like tossing me an easy ball, Nikki. Perfect. <laughs> so the third piece is called commit right? We have begin, focus, commit, right? Commit is the one thing you are absolutely committed to doing or achieving today. Just one. Mm -hmm. And the reason we do that is because we cannot go to sleep and say, I got nothing done today. That's never going to happen again because you are absolutely committed to doing that one thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing, and this is the interesting thing about commit that I learned over time, is it is an excellent way to build integrity with yourself. Because once you commit to it, it's done. There's no going back. So I say when you start using this tool, start small. Make sure it's something that you can do because you want to build that integrity muscle with yourself. Mm-hmm. What's really neat about it is over time, you start to challenge yourself on that commit and you make it a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. And all of a sudden you're running a marathon because you committed to running seven miles today. And you know, you can, because in the last few weeks you did two, you did three, you did four. Mm-hmm. So you use that commit to really build upon your goals. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that a lot of women, especially like uh, women entrepreneurs who are running businesses or building a business, raising a family, have all the kid things and also have, you know, 
tasks just as the leader of their home in general, um, we get, we feel like we need to turn it on tomorrow and it's gotta be like all of the things tomorrow. Right. And I got to get everything done. And if I don't get everything done, then it's like total fail. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I'm picking up here is like setting yourself up for success feels like the key thing here. Um, yeah, the like, I think that I think a lot of people set themselves up for failure, even in a system like this of overdoing it. Mm -hmm. But I like that you're starting small and making it attainable and bite-sized and building upon it. It's, it is like training for a marathon. Mm -hmm. It's small attainable goals. Mm -hmm. That is the message. Um, and, and you started talking about this, so I'm going to close the loop on it for us. Mm -hmm. I have something called a do list that I talk about in the book. Now it's not a to-do list because mm -hmm. I've seen people's to-do lists and they're like, you know, three pages long. <laughs> Every day I have a do list. That is what's going to get done that day. Mm -hmm. And usually it has no more than three items in it. I mean, how many things can we actually do well a day? And now when we, I have this list, my husband has this list. So my husband, Mark and I are partners mm -hmm. um, at work and at home. So there's a lot of partnership principles in the book. Um, and I'll say to him in the morning, what's your do list? And he'll tell me and I'll say, okay, this is mine. And now we're on the same page of what's getting done. So there's no miscommunication that something didn't happen. Cause I'll say, not on my do list today. I'll see if I have leftover space. Um, right. This is what's happening today. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, you know, don't ask me if the painters are coming. That's not, <laughs> that's not this today. <laughs> yeah. That feels really powerful. Um, in just relationship in general, yes. Marriage also assistant relationship that you might have or employees <laughs> or partner in your business or whatever it is, um, to lay that groundwork for each day to know yeah. like what are the expectations of each of us for this day mm -hmm. um, feels like it could be really supportive and probably eliminate a lot of confrontation and like miscommunication on what was getting done. That's exactly right. Your partner is not just a person living in your house. Mm -hmm. You're, you, you partner with anyone in which you share goals with, right? So yeah. you're partnering with your office managers or chief of staff, you're partnering with your salespeople, you're partnering with your executives, you're partnering with your babysitters or, you know, caregivers or anyone who you share a goal with. You know, if my goal is to get the kids, you know, to and from school on time, I'm not doing it on my own every day. I've got to have really good communication with the people who are helping me. Mm -hmm. um, so, Yes, these these skills are transferable and even my kids use them. I mean, it's really funny, yeah. but now they're they're using they're using all the lessons too. So and they probably pick up on what you and your husband are doing as well and see and act accordingly. You know, I think they learn what we are presenting to them. So absolutely the modeling. The the first one is sort of the simplest, like lesson one, which is it's only a problem if you make it a problem. <laughs> And really being aware of Talk how more, tell us more about this one. <laughs> Do you like that one? I um, like that one. It's really, it's really simple. And I start there because I think everyone can hear it and sort of laugh at how many times a day we make up a problem that really isn't one. Yeah. And I think especially over COVID, this was highlighted because 
there were a lot of problems and there are a lot of real problems that we are working through as people, as professionals, as a culture, um, as a community. So that's real. And knowing the ones that aren't is really important. So my kids use that one all the time right now. Like if they can't find a marker or they're like, it's only a problem if you make it a problem, what can we do? You know, and they immediately move into solutions mode. So, um, you know, I, I just start with that because I feel like when we can sidebar the things that really aren't and they're just sort of challenges and obstacles that we can move through, then we have more space to tackle the more challenging and the more difficult stuff. I love that one. I, <laughs> I think of this too, like we're in Florida and it basically thunderstorms here like almost every afternoon in the summer. You're probably familiar if your parents are down here. Um, and my husband and I will get into, I feel like, I feel like I need to use this one sometime <laughs> soon here because my husband and I, like we're in summer mode, our daughter's in camp half day. So we're like juggling activities for her, like around, you know, work and, and X, Y, Z. And, and sometimes we'll get into like, well, what are we, what are you doing this afternoon? Or, and their communication, things like that. And then it becomes a problem and then it thunderstorms and it doesn't matter anyway, because you're, you're like stuck inside. So there is no beach happening, whether mom wanted to go or didn't want to go, you know, and felt the pressure of needing to entertain all afternoon. Um, and I laugh that like, I'm totally guilty of this too, of, like create making things a bigger deal than they need to be. Um, and instead of just getting into solution mode faster, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's always my intention, right? Our intention is always to, I mean, I feel like should be to like, how can we make this better? How can we continue to grow? How can that, how can we find the solution to this problem that keeps arising? Mm -hmm. Um, so it doesn't anymore. And this feels like, so such an important lesson. Yeah, that's, you know, that's exactly it. And I, the question I like saying, how can we do this differently? Mm-hmm. How can we go left with this? How can we move in a positive direction? Or even questioning, how much time do we want to spend on this? Because it might rain and not be an issue anyway. Right. right? My husband and I were talking about something really sensitive that may not come to pass. And I just said, you know what? I'm happy to continue going down this road with you if if you want to give to it. Really, it may not even happen. So Mm -hmm. just being mindful of how much um, energy we're spending on something that might not even happen. So um, it's just a good awareness. I love it. Okay. So through your work and the, you know, different jobs that you have had, um, when was your like first nudge to kind of move into the coaching space? Like, how did that come about? Was it like taking a leap and leaving corporate or did you start coaching in the corporate setting or what did that look like for you? Um, I, I say that I always knew that I wanted to do something and that would help and promote other people. So I loved being a manager because I loved the motivational piece to um, supporting others and achieving their goals. So as much as I love sales and I was great at it, the management piece sort of scratched a different itch for me. So I knew there was something about helping others and motivating others that I wanted to do. Um, What that looked like in a career, I wasn't quite sure. And I tell the story sometimes when I give a talk 
that it was um, late at night and I was up watching infomercials. And again, I'm dating myself because I don't know if there's even, you know, infomercials <laughs> now because you can watch any movie at any time on demand. Right. <laughs> but, but when I was, you know, in my late 20s, when you were up at two o'clock in the morning, you were kind of watching whatever that. was on TV. And that was usually promotional material. And I remember seeing Tony Robbins and true story. Like I was at a very low part of my life. I was coming out of a relationship and I was, you know, at the time not working. Um, and I saw him get up there and he was all fired up about like, this is your life, your moment, your time. And he really like, I felt like he was speaking to me. I, I went and I bought all his cassette tapes that I like keep in the basement of my house. Like, and I go down and I visit them as a reminder that not only was it a reminder that I wasn't living the life I wanted to, it was a reminder like, hey, that's what I want to do. I want to motivate, inspire other people. Mm -hmm. So I started Googling coach, sales, motivation, training. Like I didn't know exactly how to do it. And I found this class um, from the Institute of Life Coach Training, and you can get a CLC, a Certified Life Coach. And that was sort of the first step in um, me becoming um, a coach. Amazing. And then, so from there, then what did you start? Because I know, you know, I feel like like coaching, life coaching, business coaching, all of that has really kind of become this living, breathing, you know, career path, um, over the last like 10, 15 years. Um, and we have the support of social media and all the different ways of marketing and getting ourselves out there. So what was your, like, I always love to find out how people were finding clients and connecting because I think there was such a humanness to it prior to having social as the thing, mm -hmm. um, the way that people are reaching and finding clients. And so much of that I think is valuable now. So I love to know, like, how, how were you reaching clients at that time? How were you connecting with people? Was it utilizing your network? Share that. Yes, that's always the place to start. And I write that in the book as well. The best place to start is to the person next to you. I mean, your community and your network, that is how you are going to make things happen. So for me, um, I, was, I was now a certified life coach and I had this idea that I can go into businesses and help. Um, I had a business background and a communications background. So, you know, there was a certain amount of confidence, even though it was a relatively unknown tapped field 15 mm -hmm. years ago. And I had a very good friend, uh, Karen, who was in banking. And she said to me, you know, you should speak to my boss. Um, you know, we're really stressed out traders. We're on the floor of the stock exchange. <laughs> and I bet it would be really helpful to talk to someone about how to be, you know, their best version or how to keep moving, you know, in a positive direction. And of course, at that point, I wasn't using this language that I've developed over the last, you know, decade, but this was the idea. And I, I tell people who are starting anew, you have to just go for it. I mean, when I think about how inexperienced I was at that point, I just went in and I took a um, meeting with this like larger than life Wall Street, you know, guy. 
And he wound up hiring me and I was a coach on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange as my first coaching position. Um, coaching strung out um, male <laughs> executives. I think there was one female on the desk at that point. And, and really that was just how we got started. And from that word got out at what I was doing. And, you know, I got another client and I got another client and slowly the, the practice started to, to grow. I love this so much. Okay. So for those who are listening, your book comes out today right? So, so it's officially launched. You can get it online at barnesandnoble.com, target.com, walmart.com. So you can pre-order it online. The book will not ship until next month. Okay. Awesome. So people can start pre-ordering the book now. When this podcast episode launches, I believe it'll start shipping then if right. you're listening today, okay, um, then it'll start shipping. So um, that's super exciting. And we'll share where people can get the book, how they can connect with you, um, where they can buy all in the show notes as well. I have one last question for you um, before we wrap up, which is for anyone listening here who is on a path to discovering their best self um, in overall life in general, what are the key areas that you like to focus on? Um, um, I'm going to ask you to ask that question in another way. What would I, what would I recommend people focus on? Yeah. Like what would be, let's just say for someone who is like, I want to become the best version of myself, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe that feels like they have lost themselves over the last couple of years, or they're not doing their best in their work, or they're clouded and can't get clarity on where they're heading, but they know that like whatever they're operating at right now is not top level for them. What are the, what is the first things that they can start to focus on? What are those areas? Great. So um, the first exercise I'm going to ask you to do if you are listening and that is you is to make a more of less of list. Mm. And this works a little bit like a pros and cons list. Mm -hmm. Um, I want you to talk about what you want more of. So I want more freedom, more flexibility, more love, more life, more travel, more exercise. Like I want you to really fill up on all those things you want more of. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to make a list of all the things you want less of. Mm-hmm. And that list is every bit as important so you can begin to move away from those things. You know, sometimes we'll get hit with an opportunity and you'll say, you know, how do I know? Well, look at that more of less of that can guide you. Mm-hmm. That feels so, I have a little story that I want to share just around this. Um, so i I love this concept and never like named it like the, you know, but in my mind, I'm always like, oh yeah, I want more of this and less of this. Right. And so, um, recently I've been, I've been sort of manifesting what I desire to have more of. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and an opportunity recently presented itself. Um, and you know, it was, it was equally as exciting to like have an opportunity there to take, and this is a business opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time felt like 
but is this exactly the thing, the thing to say yes to, right? And it would, would have required me to dial down my own business and really get myself deep into someone else's business. And um, the interesting part about it is I, I was inquiring with a friend of mine who I you know, she's my spiritual mentor. I very much like value her opinion. And I was feeling disappointed while I was talking with her about it, that like, this wasn't the thing. And I think so many people can relate to this in the way of like things come and go kind of looping back to what we were talking about in the beginning of this call of opportunities presenting themselves. Um, and I was really getting stuck in the disappointment of like, I wanted this to be something that it's not right. And she said to me, she said, what a great opportunity this is for you to realize what you actually want. Right. And like, and what are the things about this opportunity that you don't desire to have? Right. Mm -hmm. And what are the things about this opportunity that you would love to have? Um, And whether that's more in your own business or you shift the, the, offer for them, like to, to be more of what you desire to have. And I think in every single opportunity that presents itself and, and decision to make in life, there's Mm -hmm. always a way for us to either feel like we're not getting what we want or use it as an opportunity to add to this more of list Mm -hmm. and this less of list, Mm -hmm. um, of like, wow, there's, a tons of things here that happened in, in the conversation or the interview or the, this or the, that, um, that I realize I want more of that. Yeah. And it's a perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, it looked like I'm feeling a little bit disappointed that this isn't what I want, but I was so, I so, when I so quickly got into a space of abundance of like, what do I want more of? Mm-hmm. Then the whole opportunity shifted and it became this like great way for me to expand instead of like want to curl up and you know hide from the whole scenario how wonderful that you learned from it that's Mm. really was was the point of you know of it all you were able to look at this and say these are the pieces that I you know that I want and these are the pieces I don't how do I now change it to move myself in that direction that was exactly you know exactly right I love it. Okay. So, um, the book is going, they can pre-order the book. Uh, they can, I believe the date that this is going to air, um, the book will be shipping. So they'll be able to order it and get it right away. Unless that baby is sold out and flying off the shelves, (laughs) which we can cross our fingers and hope for. So, um, the name of the book, tell us again, the name and, uh, I'm just so happy that you're here and shared all this information. And if you've got any last little bits of tips and tricks that you want to share, please do. So the name of the book is If It's Not Right, Go Left. Um, It's just sharing my love for change and hope and possibility. And um, with everything else, I'm just, I feel so grateful to have the opportunity to share it. And I hope it helps. I hope it helps everyone who's listening to this. And um, thank you very, very much for the opportunity. Yeah, I have no doubt. I can't wait to get my hands on a copy. Um, she just showed me in the beginning of this episode uh, what the her her what is it called your your first copy that you got? Is that the first hard copy that you got? It was it was uh, sent to me about two years. 
It so simple. And it's just, you know, it's a really practical goal setting book that it's, it's my husband calls it a positivity shot in the arm. So, uh, you know, I, we I can all I, use that. Exactly. I think it's a good time for it. I love it. I, I agree. Okay, Kristen. Well, thank you so much for being here. We will put all the information about how to get the book um, and how to connect with you in the show notes. And I just want to thank you for being here. Thank you, Nikki. You're welcome.